Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Today's guest is Ada Teme, the founder of Cherish August, a destination event design, planning, and production firm. Ada has been in the industry for over two decades and is passionate about telling your love story. Ada, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Sanjay. So I'm excited to talk to you uh, because I've actually done events and, and put on events before probably nowhere near to the level that you do. Oh, I didn't um, know that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some tips from you. I actually don't do events anymore, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'm going to commiserate with you in a minute. But before we get into that, give us like a, a two minute background on you and what got you to where you are right now. Yeah. So, so it's so, it's so good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. I, um, Consider myself a global citizen. So, so born in Scotland, raised in Nigeria, um, and growing up, uh, my mom was very influential in in all things pretty. Right, like we couldn't just sit at the table; it had to be set. Um, we couldn't just have forks and knives; it had to be laid out, and 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 the napkins had to be placed a certain way, and there there had to be flowers. So there was a certain etiquette around. Um, entertaining or or having people around and and how we should really create an atmosphere that welcomes them in that they feel great about what they're eating it should look good and it should taste good and so um that kind of led me into where I am now oh that's awesome um okay so uh let's talk about what you're into now so yeah. this uh the event uh planning uh cherish august is a side hustle for you, right? It is. Yeah. So you've got a full-time gig as a lawyer? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what um, What made you want to say like, hey, um, I don't have enough things to do. Let me add a side hustle to the gig. <laughs> like what, what motivated you to do that? So I'm, I'm all about balance and symmetry, right? So balance the left side of the brain with, with the right side. Um, but interestingly enough, being a creative um, allowed me to be really successful throughout my law school career and my practice career. Um, being able to think outside the box, being able to problem solve very quickly, um, being able to listen um, and and go beyond the, I just want a great event. Well, 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 tell me more. What exactly do you want? What do you want people to feel? What do you want them to, to see? What do you want them to take away from from this experience. And so um, I realized I definitely needed to balance the left side for sure um, as a stress reliever. But but also I realized while I was it, it, even currently in my practice, I do end up going to the other side of 
how can I do this creatively, mm. efficiently, um, uh, while having this great um, product? And so uh, I kind of see those two things. My 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 side hustle doesn't feel like a side hustle um, because it's absolutely what I love. I mean, I wake up and dream in flowers and decor <laughs> and structure, architecture. I'm always being inspired by what's around me. And so I, I, I don't necessarily see it as a side hustle. I kind of see it as I'm just balancing yeah. What's in between my ears? <laughs> yeah. You know. What what's interesting is your uh description of being a lawyer and creativity has helped you. That's not traditionally the way that uh people view lawyers. Uh it's like a very by the rules yeah. type of job. Yeah. Um and so it's interesting that you uh kind of position it that way that your creativity has actually helped you in, in terms Yeah, of so so what I say is that there are there are there are bright line rules. You have to stay in your lane, don't color right. over the line, keep the red in between the black. But it didn't it doesn't tell me that I can't go zigzag when I paint my red or I can't go, you know, circles. So, so that's the, um, that's the space and the freedom within that area that you can really come up with, with, with something great. Yeah. So is this your first time doing something entrepreneurial or did you do things when you were younger, maybe when you were a kid? Yeah, I uh, uh, in my in my family, my husband is like you are such a hustler. I have friends that are just like you are such a hustler. Maybe they didn't say it in a nice way, but um, <laughs> everything I've done has been legal. Let me just say that. Um, but but nothing nothing um, on a grand scale. But certainly, I am the queen of turning zero into a couple of zeros. So. Whether it was reselling my clothing, jewelry, uh-huh. um, things that were gently used, um, so so I was really huge. I still am on the resale market. Um, and as I've gotten older, I, I will never forget um, in our in our first home, um, I didn't like the landscaping that they placed there. They had these like boxwood shrubs, and I'm like, this is not attractive. I want something softer. And I thought, you know what? There are a lot of new builds going on around here. Somebody's going to want this. I uprooted them and I sold them literally in 30 minutes. I sold six of them. I made $800. And I remember my neighbor being like, you Nigerian woman, you're so good at that. I'm like, I know. I'm like, that's exactly what we do. We turn lemons into lemonade. So I've, I've certainly always had that um, drive in me. Um, and uh, so this is, this is just on a, on a big girl scale. I um I am like super upset now because in our house many this is decades ago now uh we had bad landscaping and we just replaced it and I didn't it's think profitable. to think to go to sell that to anybody I man it's such a lost opportunity <laughs> such a lost opportunity you could have had I know right <laughs> um so w- was there anybody uh, I imagine there was anybody else in the family uh, as you were growing up that were entrepreneurs um, I can't remember. Well, yes, yes. What should I say? I have. I had an uncle that owned his own pharmacy. He was he was a pharmacist. Okay. Um, my uncles and aunts were medical doctors and and owned their own clinics. Um, now you know, back in the day, we didn't have these terms of art like you know, owning. This is you know, you being an entrepreneur. I, I didn't right. have those um, as part of my 
lexicon, just just not knowing that this is a thing. And really, right. that's, that's the story of Cherish August. I didn't realize that event design and planning was a thing, um, especially one that you could get paid for. Right. Um, and so as as we got older, I have I have three brothers. One is squarely in the entrepreneurial space. And, uh-huh. and um, so as, as, as we've gotten older, now that we know what things are, um, certainly we, we each have our little side, side hustles. Yeah, yeah, um, that's cool. Uh, so uh, when you were kind of embarking upon this, realizing that you needed something to uh, balance uh, the, the lawyer side of you, um, how did you land upon event planning and and weddings and this kind of thing of all the things? Because like you said, you, you didn't even know that was a thing, really. And how did you slip into it? That's that's the um, interesting thing, right? Like. It was a thing because people would always reach out to me um, ah. because I'm I'm very type A and a half as, as, as my aunt would say, you are like a plus plus. You just, you just <laughs> took it to another level, but I've always been very organized, very detail oriented. Um, I can, I can stand and see from a 10,000 square foot view what's wrong. And I can also very quickly narrow and focus my, um, attention on that thing is crooked you know, yeah. that program is two inches off than the next one next to it. And so um, people naturally just started to reach out to me. Hey, can you help me do this? And so all through college, um, uh. I remember in college putting on a massive concert. We had about 10 different um, colleges, U of I, all these different colleges come together. We, we, we gathered all of their gospel choirs it was such a big thing. I didn't realize it was such a big thing until we got like, it was like a thousand people um, in this space. And so wow. it took me and and really from then another five or six years to realize, man, I've been doing this for a long time, yeah. you know? Um, so, so it really started off with people just saying, you seem to be really organized. You seem to have your stuff together. You're able to come into a space and make it better. Um, you're, you're able to understand flow movement where um aesthetically where the eyes should look where you don't want it to look mm-hmm. and really at the end of the day the important thing for me was creating an atmosphere where those that attended would always remember being there so yeah. i i enjoy now when i hear people say there was such an anticipation for a cherish august event it makes me feel really good because Outside of the the pretty and and the music and how things are laid out, it's they're able to connect with each other, and right. those are those are memories that they would not or may have not been able to have otherwise. Yeah. So when you were getting kicked off, you uh, I assume incorporated at some point, and then um, went to go do your first event. Uh, how did that person find you? And if they were somebody that you already knew, then 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 that, the next one, whichever one it was, the first one where they didn't actually know you and got hired. How did they find you, and how did you make that happen? Yeah, so so this business is all about connection and r- relationship, and I'm, I'm I'm very fortunate because at times, even though there's social media and there's there's technology and there's Facebook and there are all these things, there are a lot of options out there. And so when, when people connect with you, if they say, 
you know, I heard from from this person to that person that you do this really well. And so we recently had an amazing event in Paris this summer. I did another project on um, infertility with Mm -hmm. um, MSNBC. And that person happened to watch it, reached out to me on LinkedIn, um, connected with her. Then she had another friend. Um, and it's this friend that said, you know, I heard from, I heard about you, uh, didn't know I did events, um, just happened to connect on, on LinkedIn and we're talking. And I said, you know, oh, I, I, you know, own this company. And she goes, I've been following you even without knowing that, that this, this was me, introduced me to oh, her. Wow. And we ended up having an amazing, an amazing event in, yeah. in Paris. So how do you balance that? So you've got a, a full-time job. Now you've got a jet set off to Paris. I'm assuming that's not a one day gig. Uh, you've got to be there for 48 hours. 48 how hours. Do, how do you plan all of that? And then how do you make sure you fit that in with work uh, as well? Yeah. So I don't sleep. It makes it really easy. <laughs> if, you, if you don't sleep, everything is easy that way. But but because I, I love this so much um, and a lot of the design takes place here. Uh-huh. And so because this is free and as you're as I'm as I'm working, I'm also thinking or I'm being, right. being inspired by nature or architecture, what, whatever is out there. Um, I've I've become very efficient with managing my time. And so um, I, I unfortunately I, I really do not sleep that. <laughs> um, so I, I tend to do a lot of work at night or, or early, uh-huh. early morning right before yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but once I've met with someone, I talk with them for about 30 minutes. Yeah. And usually we, we do these series of, of talks. The first time we're just meeting you, you're hearing my voice, you're seeing my face and just first, um, first I- I- interaction. How do you feel? Because people, you know, there's, there's a saying you could, you could, you know, make a determination on how you feel about someone in the first, I don't know what, what 30 seconds. So we do have right. that meet and greet. And then if things go well, they're happy, we're happy. We set up a second meet and greet. And during this time, you get to tell me, why are we doing this? What do you want out of it? Who do you want there? You know, is there something that reminds you of this? Um, What are you inspired by? What do you Mm -hmm. not want to see? Um, And so from that point on, once I get their story, it now becomes my story. I'm living it. I'm breathing it. I'm seeing it. So everywhere I go, I'm thinking this would be great to tie into what so-and-so told me, or they had had asked for this. I actually think this, this would be better. So I, I don't see it as, as work. Yeah. Um, I, I wake up and the first thing I do is um, check out uh, um, pop culture, right? Like, what is what is the newest and latest? What what are people wanting to see? What are people listening to? What are people yeah. wearing? Um, what are people not wearing? And try to incorporate that into this great story. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. 
So let's um, uh, change gears a little bit um, and talk about um, just running the business. Like one of the things uh, I think that happens to all entrepreneurs, you know, you're, you're nervous about something. Um, either you were or you are. What are the things that you have been nervous about or are nervous about? And, and how do you overcome those challenges for yourself? Yeah, so so I would say, uh, and, and this is me being very, very um transparent. Uh, that COVID period was the first time I got really nervous. Mm. Um, and really it's because, you know, like I mentioned, I can put on, you know, it, it's not about the decor um, and the florals, but I thought we're missing that connection. And right. if we're missing that connection, we don't have the abilities um, to share stories anymore. Um, right. And so that was the first time I actually, we, we, we literally did not, I think we went one and a half years without having anything. Um, it's not to say that people were not having events then, but, but 95% of my business is destination. No one was really traveling like mm. that. Um, and so that was the first time I thought, oh my gosh, there is a possibility um, that could see this creative venture um, not look like what it should look like or feel like what it should look like. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's the first time I got scared. Now, um, there's not much that makes me uncomfortable. I think I've gotten comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, when I, the, the, the other time um, was when I upped my prices you know, when I said, hey, I'm kind of good at this and I kind of valued myself. We did a couple of more zeros after this. <laughs> um, and so there was a period where I thought no one's going to want to pay for my services. No one's yeah. going to want this. And it required me to to sit in that space. And you feel like there's this fire burning under you, meaning I'm not going to, you know, how am I going to pay for my CRMs and how am I going right. to pay for ads and all these things. And so um, after I got through that period of, you know what, I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to wait it out. And I know that there are people out there. It's just a matter of time. Um, not much makes me uncomfortable anymore. Yeah. What um, what, what kind of propelled you to make that change in prices and to increase your prices? That I think that's a challenge that all of us as entrepreneurs have is that we undervalue yeah. the products and services that we sell. And like, well, nobody's going to pay that. So this is what I, I, this is what it cost me. So I'm going to just charge a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not accurate. People are willing to pay a lot more than that because of the value it drives them. So how did you get comfortable with that? And how did you decide to do that? Yeah. So, you know how it, it took me a few years to realize what I was doing was a thing. And <laughs> those few years, I'm like, you guys were getting for free. I was putting on these amazing things and I wasn't charging because I didn't appreciate yeah. my, my value. I didn't think that right. one, there was a place for it, but it, it took me some time. It was actually during the COVID area, um, era that I sat back and I said, wait a minute, I've been doing this for over 20 years. Um, so I should be charging not just my worth now, but the accumulation of 20 years Right. of education, of experience, of expertise, of class uh, classes, of really understanding the art of getting into people's mind and being able to translate that mm. in, in, in a way that they understand. But also, 
when clients would come to me and they were shopping around and when I would tell them, well, this is the figure, they would say, really? Because so-and-so over there doesn't do half the job you do. And they charge this. And I'm like, they, they do what? They charge how much? <laughs> and so it made me realize, well, there is a place for me. People do value my right. attention to detail, my style of work, and the yeah. end result. Um, so I now actually had to learn how do I price accordingly yeah. where it values myself, values my team, values my my hard work, and also it's value for your client. The client wants to know that what they're paying for, there is a net net win, you know, whatever that, right. that word is, right? Like there's there, the 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 value of their dollar is um, equivalent to the end result. If I'm constantly cheaping myself and they're raising the standard, something is not balanced there. Right. Um, so so I I quickly had to learn. One, I don't do that many events a year, right? I'm I'm very specific and very picky um, of how many events we pick a year. Um, so if I'm going to do this one, it's you're getting my full attention. Um, mm-hmm. You're getting the most customized experience it costs. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, okay, let's change gears a little bit um, and talk about uh, the stress and demands of running not just only a business, but a side hustle along with full-time work um, and family life and personal life and friends and all of those things. How do you balance all of these things to make it all work? There's no stress at all, Sanjay. I mean, look at me. I'm always like smiling. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know, being a planner, I think is one of those jobs that has one of the highest rates of depression Um, because any interaction with human beings in a most stressful and vulnerable situation, weddings, birthdays, funerals, whatever it is, um, brings out, um, I don't want to say the worst than people, but it brings out the other side, the other other side that you don't want anyone to see. And so, and so, and also having a, a, big girl job that is also stressful. Um, I find that the more targeted I am in picking the right client, the mm. more creativity that that particular production allows me to have is such a stress reliever. That's is yeah. my happy place. That's where I live. Flowers are floating and, and decor is just like running and, and, and we're putting on a put it on a great show, whether it's, it's a, it's a concert and I could sort of hear um, people being happy and music and people dancing. That yeah. is where I get to breathe in and breathe out. And I go, you know what, Ada, let's get this, let's get it done. Let's, let's keep going. Um, yeah. So, so I've also implemented a Sunday off day. I okay. used to just go, you know, Sunday through Sunday, because I am destination, I work with a lot of vendors um, in different time zones. So there was an, an event we did in Italy, and I was trying to manage um, our creative partners in Nigeria, Italy, and China. I mean, talk about t- a crazy time. I was up wow. all the time. And I was on all the time. Yeah. And so Sundays are now like, I don't answer the phone um, for anything design. But that's also my, my thinking day to get 
inspired to go outside in nature, mm. to look at the shape of a leaf and realize that would be an awesome print for this person's invite. And then we should, you know, transfer that print to their floor wrap and to their thank you cards and 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 things like that. So it's been really important for me to have um, that off day. I've also started to say, you know what? Um, after my big girl job, I'm going to devote two hours. I can take two up, up. I can take phone calls up into two hours, so like eight eight thirty, and then uh-huh. that's it. Um, then I have all day Saturday if we're not doing events. Um, now there there's some that require me to spend a little bit more time. So so you know. I may say, you know, I can't take a, I can't take phone calls on Wednesday because I'm spending that, you know, three to five hour block focusing on on um, designing something or you know trying to play. Right, right, yeah. Um, interesting. Sunday's off. That's uh, that's Sunday kind of a off good, day. That that's a good plan there. Um, okay, so you've been at it for a while now. Um, and you've probably had things that, man, I wish I hadn't done it this way. Um, if you could go back in time, what would you do differently and, and why? Um, you know, there is only one event I regret and I hate using that word, but, but the reason I use it is because it, 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 it led to a really pivotal concept for me which is while I am the principal and the creative director, I work with a team mm-hmm. and I should always listen to my team. They have a different perspective than I do. While I have the vision and how to implement it, they're able to see the, the um, non-tangible things. Um, okay. So we're working with this client and when she's, working with you. She's great. She's respectful. But when you're not there, she's disrespectful to us. She is really Mm. verbally abusing uh, vendors. And I, I just didn't see it. I'm like, she's great. The person's great with me. Right. um, That was one thing. If I could go back to that particular event, I would have fired the client. That's exactly what I I should have done. Right. Um, But I quickly also learned to say, you know what, Ada, this is a learning opportunity. You've learned from it. Don't kick yourself down. Don't beat yourself up. You've learned from it and you've moved on. It's allowed me to have um, more trust within my own camp, but also it's allowed us to now weed people out to say, you're not the type of client we want to service. You are not a Cherish August client. And that's certainly not not, um, uh, the type of... uh, way we would want our brand um, to be looked at. And so right. if, I, if I could go back, I would, I would have then paid more attention to um, what my team um, says and how they felt yeah. about certain events. Yeah. That's, it's an interesting um, point that you bring there is that, uh, you know, as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we will take any client because money is money. Um, and sometimes money isn't money. And, and it really is important to find uh, the people that you want to work with that fit in in terms of what you're trying to accomplish, even, even overall. Um, so l- let's uh, kind of talk about that for a second. So um, that's, uh, I think, a great piece of advice for somebody that might be 
thinking about launching a side hustle like you. Mm. What else do you have in terms of somebody that is thinking about, you know, that's already got a full-time job like you do, but is thinking about launching a side hustle? What advice would you give them? So the, the thing I would say is, dependent on, on how, um, depending on how intense your big girl or big boy job is, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? What do you gravitate to? What seems like it's, it's work, but it's not necessarily work. Um, Mm. and if, if that's the thing you gravitate to, then how can you monetize it? Um, knowing that, you know, is there a need for this thing? Um, how can I work smarter and not harder? I've had to really, um, really focus and stay within my, my frameworks, um, to make sure that, that, you know, emails, I'm not working too hard. I have systems. I take care of that. I have CRMs. I take care of this. I have, you know, this, this platform that takes care of that. Um, so, so really knowing who, knowing what your love is, knowing who your target audience is and figuring out, you know, what do I need um, to make what I want to do easier and not harder? Um, yeah. Those would be the three core tenants for me. And, and again, because it fits in with my lifestyle where I was just, I just seemed like I was on all the time and I didn't have time to do anything. Right. Um, and um, so those, those are the three core things for me is really, you know, realizing this is a thing. I wake up every morning and this is, this is what I'm doing. Okay. How can I, how can I monetize it? And now how yeah. can I make my life easier in the day-to-day running of it? Um, yeah. I don't have 10 hands. I, I wish I could. And even for my team, I would want them more focused on other things, you know, interacting with, with clients, not the, the, you know, mundane, but very important things that need to happen in a, in a business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got one last question for you. Uh, and this is on, uh, your expertise there. So if, if a listener is trying to do an event, put on event, whatever, what's like the one thing that they could do or think about to make sure they execute properly to make the event just so much better? Like, what's the thing that you see people mess up all the time? The thing I see people mess up is you're doing an event to have people. You're having (laughs) people there. They're like, even animals, if you're doing something for a dog, it's with the dog in mind. And so I find that People are doing events without thinking about who is my audience? What, who, who am I doing this for? If it's for myself, you don't have to invite people. You can sit at home, get a pizza, <laughs> get a couple of whatever it is. What, have a put on music, have a party. But the moment you invoke other people, you have to consider what cost is it going to take for this person to be at my event? And how do I show them that I respect that? that I value their time, their effort. When you have a wedding and you have, I mean, let's just say woman, you buy a dress, we have to do our hair, do our makeup, jewelry. We get a a plane ticket, hotel. We have to rent a car. All of those things are already thousands of dollars. And then what are they going to (laughs) eat? Then you you serve them one chicken wing. Now I, I get it. If that's what you can afford, then that's also okay. But 
then realize that you should not have those people make such a heavy investment because it just right. is not showing I value this person. I respect that they took the day off work, that they spent this much money just to tell me that they cared about me. And this is how I treat them. I always find right. that people are missing the most important thing, which is you're having an event to incorporate other people. Think about the other people. <laughs> Actually design with them in mind. I want them. That's why we really focus on the art of storytelling. What are you trying to convey? What do you want this group of people, this person to feel? What do you want them to see? It's so important. And I see the people just miss it all the time. It makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is fantastic advice. As somebody who has put on events before, I believe that is fantastic advice. And I hope listeners really do heed that. Um, Ada, this has been fantastic. Where can our listeners find and connect with you online? Yes, so we are online, www.cherishaugust.com. We are on Instagram, cherish underscore August. We are on Facebook, Cherish August LLC. We are on Pinterest, um, cherish underscore August. Um, where else is there? We're on Threads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you name it. Um, uh, and we're always happy to, to talk with people and, and learn how we can be a, be a part of their story. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. It's been such a treat. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find out more about me at my website, sanjayparikh.com.